They don't understand, they don't understand I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam And we gon' serve the one that's from up above And they gon' know it's us by the way we love All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water Family, family, family Christ died one time for my Welcome to Reformed Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. I have with me, as always, my man, Norm, the master's dog, Dunham. What's going on, brother? What's going on? How's it going? It's good to have you back. It's been a little while. It has been a minute. And we also have us with us my man over here, known as Chris Swag Martinson from Voice for the Voiceless in Utah. Yo, thanks for having me on again. Yes, sir. I'm glad to have you. Uh, real quick, man. You know, uh, we we ha- we've been off for a while, but I want to just say thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters for supporting us and continuing to rock with us. I have not been able to do any episodes because I've been moving from Arizona to Utah, and that has been taking a lot, still in the process of selling my house. But thank you to all the Patreon supporters. Be on the lookout. We're going to be starting another book study uh, next month, and we're going to be going over Family Driven Faith by Vody Bauckham. I'm excited about that. I know we haven't talked about that yet, Norm, but I uh, figured I'd just announce it live. You're here. That's, now you know. That's awesome. Vody yeah. is the man. So yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. So if you want to jump on that, you want to become jump on our book study, uh, you can become a Patreon supporter and by going to patreon.com slash reformdads, sign up to be a legacy dad and be on the lookout for our book study starting in October. But what we wanted to talk about this week is a culture that hates children. Um, I think it's pretty evident that our culture hates children in the way that we act in the case of abortion, in the way that people lose their mind when you have more than two children or uh, have large families. So I wanted to bring on our brother, uh, Chris, from Voice for the Voiceless, who's doing abortion ministry locally here in Utah. And, you know, I think this is a, a good discussion to have, especially uh, with all that's going on. And we can talk about the ramifications of a culture that hates children. So what 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 do you guys think? Let's go ahead and jump in there on that. Uh, well, um, yeah, it's not just... Um, you know, when we're talking about the, our culture, hating kids, uh, hating the, these children, it's, it's really, it's the family, the family structure being broken down and abortion, um, is, is right there at the top. You, you start with, with sacrificing these children, killing these children. Um, I mean, what a, there's almost no other way to, to say the bro- breakdown of the family starts if you're going to. If you start with killing your children, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You're that's, that's culprit number one for giving evidence that we live in a culture that hates children. We, uh, well, abortion is happening, uh, legally throughout the United States and we've killed over 60 million children since Roe v. Wade in 1973 
Um, there's currently no one um, or not enough people, man enough to stand up and give equal protection to the unborn child, and the the death toll continues to grow. Right. Absolutely. You're, you're talking about that. I was just pulling up um, abortions worldwide this year, just this year, 29 million children since since January. Um, and I, I can't find I have a link that I use in, in my other podcast videos that gives the amount of abortions since Roe v. Wade. And I was trying to find it and I couldn't get it to pull up. But um, it is. There is literally been, okay, here we go. 63,107,000 babies have been murdered since Roe v. Since Wade Roe was v. enacted Wade. in 73. And we're talking about surgical abortions here. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Can, can't even count the RU46 pill. And, oh, yeah. Um, and those, you can't even, it's just mind, mind-blowing. Ugh. Yeah, it's amazing to think about that. That those numbers are surgical abortions. The majority of abortions take place before, I believe, nine weeks, and those are chemical abortions. So we're not counting those numbers. And when we do the math, you know, based on statistics and things that they've done, they're saying one in three women have had an abortion. They're saying sixty-three million babies have been murdered. But I believe it's it's more like one in two. and more likely uh, that number is three times the amount uh, if we start adding in chemical abortions, which is, you know, in in some communities like New York, they say, uh, you know, it's a one to two ratio for the African-American culture of killing babies in certain cities. But it's probably more like in our culture, one to one. Yeah, I, oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, these uh, and we're growing up here. These kids are growing up to being educated, um, you know, in this, and they're not even thinking about that. Um, you know, you hear the the well, it's okay. I I can kill my baby now. That's the argument. It's just like no, it's a baby, and I should have the right to kill it. But when it goes to the RU forty six, I don't even. I don't think that they actually look at it that way but sure. we've never lived in a time or these these kids growing up now has not lived in a time when it hasn't been okay to kill their baby they think it's okay that's how they're being educated exactly it's it's you know you you're sending your kids most people well, people are i don't know that you know the the homeschooling uh culture is growing more and more and you get more churches like apology and and refuge and mission and stuff like that, that are encouraging people to homeschool their kids, to not send their kids to government schools. But when you're sending off your children to a school where they're literally taught that they're nothing more than a highly evolved animal, and then you expect them not to act like animals. Right. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, every time we see, a mass shooting or something like that. I always come back to the point of, you know, we can thank Darwin and the eugenics uh, people and the evolutionists, because what you're doing is you're just teaching these kids that they're animals and then acting surprised when they act that way. Right. Yeah. Survival of the fittest, you know, the, the survival of the fittest. So why not uh, just kill off other people or, you know, the idea that um, since since they're no different than than animals, even p- 
people who are dog owners, cat owners, at, when you ask them, you know, if their dog or cat was drowning in a pool or their neighbor, which one would they save? And they say their dog or cat uh, because, well, they're just in an equal category according to what's being taught in public schools and evolution. Exactly. So what's the difference? I mean, dogs and cats die all the time, right? Animals right. die all the time. What's the big deal? Yeah, it's a, it's the culture that has created the the pet parent, you know, the <laughs> the people that are like my my pet are my kids, right? And no, it's I mean, so it's so counterintuitive to what I know, but this is the culture. This is what we are raising up the the kids are. It's like Chris just said, the majority of our youth anymore have never grown up out of in, in a time where it hasn't been legal to, to kill your child, right. where it hasn't been legal to, you know, to claim whatever you want as your gender, whatever. Right. I mean, it's the, the culture, you know, when you get into the culture that hates kids, I mean, it takes you into the homosexual agenda, the transgender agenda, all this stuff falls into play, but the core of it, I think is, abortion sure and you and see all the rest spreads out yeah and, and you see like you said i mean when you go to these abortion mills and you see the death scorts which are you know literally people who escort mothers and fathers in to murder their child uh and try to block out the voice of those who are trying to save them many of them are homosexuals a lot of them are transgender uh the satanic church um, so it, it's, it's clear, uh, that a lot of these people there, uh, hate God and the way that what they can do because they can't kill God is they can help people kill image bearers of God and they can try and make other people like them, people who can't reproduce homosexuals Absolutely. can't reproduce. Um, you, you know, you can call women and they can, you know, be artificially inseminated or whatever, but apart from a man and a woman coming together, they can't reproduce. And because of that, because they hate God, because that they hate the, you know, family as God has instituted it, they're looking to destroy that family and take away what we can do that they can't, right? Take away what the family can do that they can't kill your baby. Absolutely. So we should, so that's, that's first, right? The, the, a country that refuses to protect the most innocent, which are preborn children, children in the womb, continuing to die. A country that has said it's not a baby, it's a fetus, has used uh, language just like Nazi Germany did to dehumanize another human being so they can kill them off um, and, you know, just wipe out an entire generation of people. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it goes back to slavery and the dehumanization of the black person during the time of slaveries and the terminologies that were used in that time, you know, all the way up through the sixties. I mean, fetus is, is no different than I hope, I hope we're not going to get shadow banned for this, but using the term fetus is no different than using the term nigger. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a dehumanizing <laughs> yeah. term. It is used to it with the absolute intent of making that 
person that is addressed with that term less than human. And it was used in, in Germany. It was used with, with the Jews. Um, you know, we see it all, and, and we see it with every, uh, you know, epithet that is, is geared towards any different ethnicity. And it, those yeah. terms are used to dehumanize. And that's all, a fe- all the word fetus is, is used to convince somebody that that child is not a child, that it, there's a, somehow a difference between fetus and baby when it's literally just the, the difference in language. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the dehumanization so you can commit genocide. And it hap- it, our America, it really hasn't um, stopped because before the, the slave trade and black people, it was the Indians right they they would dehumanize the indian they would put out um they would put out cartoons of indians portraying them not looking like regular people to dehumanize them um so they could treat them a certain way they can kill them off and then it turned and you know and then it was also the slave trade and now it's innocent children in the womb and we have uh, the 14th amendment you know it's for equal protection of these these people, and if you can pull out a certain section of people and say, "Well, this doesn't apply to them," and that's what they're doing to the babies, they don't want to give them the equal protection, even though they are even now admitting that they are humans and they are are people. So they they should be protected under the Constitution, under God. Yep, absolutely. Right. And then you get laws like Texas that are, I mean, it's it's incrementalism, and of course, as, as an abolitionist, I'm, I recognize that that incremental law is, is all it's doing is it's legislating that it's OK to kill a baby at this point in time. But after this point in time, it's not. Well, it doesn't do. I mean, can we say that there will be less babies killed? I hope so. Is it still a good law? No, because what you're doing with this law is you're saying there is a segment of society, a segment of the population that it is okay to kill. Even yeah. if that is, you know, before a heartbeat is detectable. So does that mean somebody who's, you know, being only living because they have an electrical device in their chest causing their heart to beat? Should we be able to kill them? Because that's, you know, and so you see these where supposedly pro-life people are trying to well we're trying to make it better we're trying no it's we've got to come down to what chris just said the 14th amendment these are people and they should be protected under the constitution right as people and ultimately we should come back to the fact that we know that they're image bearers of god and because they bear that image they are of value and they should be protected right yeah absolutely so we've seen that, that, that children aren't being protected by either our constitution, the men in our society, and that's really where the failure is, the men to lead in our society, to do what they're supposed to do, to protect women and children. Uh, they become cowards. They've given themselves over. Well, God has handed us over to have exactly what we want, and we become haters of God, murderers, all of these things. Uh, and as we've, as you can read in Proverbs eight thirty six, it says, "Those who hate me love death." 
So those who hate God love death. So when God hands you over to, to worship a God that you've created or the creature that you've created, you become a hater of God, and those who hate God love death. It's very clear. Um, let, that's not the only way that our culture shows that we uh, hate children. Uh, the second, the second thing that I like to point out, and I've experienced this in my own life. I'm a father of five children. Is that large families are looked at as outcasts? Like you've done something wrong by having many children. Um, like that is looked at even at times and from church members as if like, wow, what do you, you know, there's a way to fix that, right? You, you know that there's something that you can do to stop that from happening. Um, me and my, in my own family, you know, I don't even talk, uh, I'm not even excited anymore to tell my parents who are unbelievers about uh, my wife being pregnant again, because I've had such terrible responses from them in the past where it's be- turned into an argument. And um, it's just a culture that loves personal comfort and children are seen as burdens, financial weights, um, k- dream killers, you know, what, whatever you want to call it. Our culture has turned children into, well, they're just something to send away to school once they get old enough and they're just difficult, too difficult to raise and tough to handle. You right. see though. I was sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at the, the big families, when you have the, the big families, you have those kids, um, the moms, the dads, it truly is a, a gift from God. And they aren't saying by any means, boy, this was a mistake. No, instead they're just like, this is wow. What a reward. What a gift to have that big family. So it's, it's that education of, of uh, what the school systems and things in the world has been telling these kids to grow up that it's a mistake. But when you have them, you truly know it's a gift from God. It, it is a reward. And you, the big family is amazing. Amen. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm thinking about this and just culturally from where we've been, I mean, not even 25 years ago, I mean, Whitney Houston was singing, I believe the children are the future, right? Mm-hmm. And now what what happened to that mentality? What happened to that, you know, of, you know, children are a blessing. Children are an amazing thing. We've seen, we have literally seen presidents give speeches where he says that I don't want my child, my daughter punished to have to carry a child. Obama. When, exactly. When <clears throat> did pregnancy become a punishment? Right. When did a child become a punishment? What point in time in our culture did suddenly that that change? And it's it's amazing to watch. And and like you said, to see, you know, people who I mean, even here living in Utah with the 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 Mormon population that we are in and amongst, whereas they used to be. I mean, we they were it was always the joke. If you had a big family, people would go, are you Mormon or Catholic? And even now, you don't see that many Mormon families with the the same amount of children because of the stigma that is attached, like you're talking about, to large families. You know, people look at you and they, they, I mean, you're mocked because you have that many children. Well, you know what happened is the feminist movement. 
the feminist well, movement exactly. pushed and pushed and continues to push and tell tell women that you can have it all you can do exactly what a man does you can have the career and the family um that you don't need a man you can you can do everything on your own um and and not only is that pushed uh in the feminist agenda but the feminist agenda has even uh and i don't know if i i watch a lot of movies uh, you know i've always been a movie buff and i see the things uh creep in through media through movies right. through television i mean we've been seeing for a long time in tv and movies that you know marriage is like don't don't get married don't do it right. like or you know um wait till you're older right wait till you're older to get married and then even wait even f longer to have children because you need to experience this life with the freedom uh, of being single and sleeping around and having time with your wife before you have children you don't rush into it just just wait and the age of having children the average age is just continually got later and later the age of getting married has gotten later and later um and it's just a continued pushing by feminists and by those who hate god people in hollywood you'll see it i mean it's it's common language uh that you know marriage is something to be avoided Ch having children is something to be avoided if you just turn on a television show about a family right and i'm and then that's led into even the feminization of men you know it's you you watch things like i remember and it's gone beyond this but i think the time when it came up the most i think i actually got in the most trouble because i talked about it on facebook and stuff is when the twilight series came out and you've got your your hero quote unquote hero of the show is this extremely effeminate vampire dude that <laughs> that i mean doesn't even doesn't even fall into the cool vampire genre i mean edward cullen is nothing like you know uh david from the lost boys or any right. you know and it, that's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's effeminate. You know, I, I got in trouble because I said, you know, people who uh, avoid the, the sunlight and are very pale skinned and live off the blood of animals. We don't call them vampires. We call them Alaskans. Um, <laughs> but, guys that work nights. But, right. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> so, um, but you see this and everybody was like, oh, Edward, Edward, Edward. Right. But it's like, this dude is like as, as girly as, you know, any other female in, you know, any other movie, Legally Blonde. Oh, you're I mean, talking about the I, Twilight Saga. The yeah. Twilight Saga, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this dude is is just as effeminate as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. <laughs> and, and, and so that's what this feminist movement has done because it's, as you're talking about, you can have everything that the men have. Well, in doing that, they're like, we want effeminate men. Yeah. And so that became the standard they want the sensitive guy they want the guy and i mean i'm i'm I, you can be sensitive and you can have emotions and you can cry when it's appropriate but i mean not at the drop of a hat and right. this is you know there is a a level of manlyhood that should be uh, you know expected in men but women don't want that and that feminist movement has created that and i mean that's just led into the the whole transgender thing and 
and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, if, well, um, if you if you have an effeminate man, you can be the leader of the household, right? You know, or you can pretend to be the leader of the household because we know they're not really the leader of the household because it's impossible. Because exactly. God says the men are the leader of the household. That's for another episode, but. That's right. a, that's the mentality, right? Is is if I have an effeminate man, well then I can lead and right. I can be in Adam's role as the curse tells us that Eve would constantly want to be in. And that has led, like you said, to to effeminate men and you know, that's led to oh, honey, you want to you want to kill your baby? I think that's the right decision. Yeah, right. if that's what you want to do, it's your body, you know. That's that's the mentality is right. is that men are just giving away their role to the woman, uh letting her make emotional decisions not based on truth or and based on that uh they're just running wild. And uh yeah, so in a feminine culture, um uh, a culture that the woman wants to be the leader. She wants to be able to do what men can do, right? So so men can sleep with a woman and then take off if she gets pregnant, right? So the idea there is if a woman can now kill her baby, well, she can sleep around, get pregnant, and kill her baby and get away scot-free just like the man. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's the point. And, and that's the, the thing that, that drives me nuts because you sit and you listen to all the arguments. You know, we all spend time out at the mill. So we get those arguments thrown back in our face of, you know, um, well, rape and incest. Okay. Well, you're arguing, you're saying rape and incest, but the reality is, is 98% of abortion is done as birth control. Right. It's, it's, it's not, it's not for these, these horrible, uh, uh, instances that have happened that are so minuscule in the percentage of abortions, but you're, you're using these, but you're still arguing for just the fact that you want to just be able to kill your baby whenever you want, however you want, just for convenience. Yeah. You know, and so that it's the, it drives me nuts when you hear these different arguments, you know, talking about effeminate men, it's the effeminate men that came in that, that gave any kind of foundation to the argument of you don't have a uterus, you don't have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I hear love that from men that all the time. <laughs> I love to get that thrown at me because I'm like, okay, so does that mean you're okay throwing out Roe v. Wade? Because literally Roe v. Wade is the opinion of nine people without uterus <laughs> or good. uteri or whatever that, I mean, it's literal. it's literally a legal opinion. It's not, it's not a law. It's an opinion of nine men, you don't not know a what... uterus among them. You're willing to go with <laughs> their opinion, yeah. but me, because I want to save babies. Well, I don't have a uterus. I shouldn't have an opinion. That's just a ridiculous, but it's the effeminate man yeah. that said, Oh, well, you know what? You're right. I don't, I don't, shouldn't. Okay. I'll just back over here into my corner and yeah. keep my mouth shut. That gave foundation to that kind of argument rather than the men that are willing to stand up and say, murder has no gender, right? You're yeah. murdering children in the basement of this building. Gender has nothing to do with that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't add to your decision-making ability because you have a uterus or don't. I can make a decision based on truth what is evil and what isn't what god has said but uh but yeah so so abortion obviously we've talked about a culture effeminate men 
um, uh, and and you know the feminist movement that uh, the feminist movement's really funny because if you really think about it, uh, women are fighting to be the very thing that they hate, right? right? They hate the ruling, they hate men, they hate the ruling man, but they want to be the ruling man because there's no other option for them. You're either a woman or a man. So you're either, you're, you're trying to become the very thing that you hate. And that's just, you know, what happens when you reject God, you become a fool um, and you do foolish things and you make foolish arguments. And that that's one of them. You try to become the very thing that you hate. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's the, it's that curse that, that God proclaimed in the garden that the woman will be her, her desire will be for the man. It will be to be the man. But you get, when you get into a, a fundamentalist group that literally hates men trying to become men, and then that leads into the transgender movement where they, I mean, they're not men, but they proclaim themselves to be men. Right. And then the feminist man proclaims, I'm, I'm amazed at the, the new Matrix movies coming out uh-huh. soon. Um, I, I had no clue until I read an article this morning the original three were directed by the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. This one is directed by the Wachowski sisters ah. because the dudes, both of them are now claiming to be women. <laughs> oh and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what, 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 what? I just, it, it's so mind boggling that just, they're so brave. That, that, <laughs> that blows my mind that, that this is a, this is even a thing in, you know, in 2021, the, Who would the have people thought, are like all about science, but yet you can be whatever the heck you want to be. Who would have thought they'd be actually living in a matrix? They made the movie. <laughs> now they're living right. out their own matrix. And now they're living it out. It, yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit at the beginning, but this has, has bled into every aspect of our society. I went to, I sprained my shoulder at work a couple of weeks ago, spinaching or shoveling spinach. Mm. So, and, and I've heard every Popeye joke in the world <laughs> over the last two weeks. Believe me, I hate I, I, Popeye. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I hate Popeye. But so I go in for physical therapy and this little old lady, you know, I mean, I'm, first thing when you walk in and they make you throw a mask on your face and it's like, okay, I'm walking into like this, this liberal <laughs> hen house yeah. here that has just made me uncomfortable initially. But then when the woman is trying to give me icy hot and tell me to have my significant other massage it in, she goes, have her or him. And I, I'm like, I'm just like, why, why does that even come up? Why would you even make that assumption or Please look at me and see the beard and the, the, the religious tattoos and so on. And please make those assumptions that I'm a, a white male Christian bigot, please, because <laughs> I'm OK with that. I'm OK with you making that assumption about me, because, I mean, besides the bigot part, it's all true. Right. <laughs> you would she would probably recognize me as a bigot and she would accuse me of being that. But still, I mean, we've gotten into this place that. I would, I look at this little old lady and I would, I assume she was just a little old Mormon lady and I would never pictured her. I made my assumption and I was wrong. So she made her assumption about me and she was wrong. And, but it's like, we've gone into this, again, this culture of 
you know, political correctness and, and we don't want to offend anybody, but in not wanting to offend people, we are literally offending people. Right. It's like, if we can just come back to the point where we stand on truth and where we're just willing to make those, those, those truthful proclamations, no matter what anybody thinks about it, then we're in a, we are in a, we will be in a better place. Yeah. Where a bike's a bike, not a motorcycle. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, so we've talked, you know, we've talked about um, a culture that hates children. We've talked about the things that kind of led there and pushed in that direction and the results. And, um, but let's talk about uh, what that is doing to our culture. Like, what are the results of a culture that hates children i mean we're we're seeing little bits of the effects now we're seeing a lot of the effects in god's judgment but even from um you know a uh, uh, practical standpoint as far as we don't have enough people to work jobs right? right we don't have enough people well it also has to do with them handing out money like it's going out of style the government doing that but also right. we don't have enough people going forward and i know people see this um people in positions of power who have lots of money we don't have enough people to own farms and grow food and um do everyday jobs to continue for society to go forward to take care of the elderly, you know, the baby boomers. We don't have enough people going forward because we've killed off entire generations. Mothers and fathers are not having children or having no more than two, which isn't enough. Um, so we're seeing those effects in our culture now, just little glimpses of it, and we're going to see it more going forward. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, again, talking and looking just at the surgical abortions. So we have no idea. Since 1980, we live in a world. What, um, what's the population uh, estimation recently? Is it, are we eight at 7 billion, billion seven yet? Or 8 billion, something uh, we're, like that. We're up around 7 billion. Well, since 1980, 1,628,000,000 children worldwide have been aborted. Mm. We have literally aborted an eighth of the the population of the world wow. since 1980. Yeah. You know, and, and as you say, you look at that, how many of those would be farmers? How many of those would be the people who are working the jobs and, you know, taking care of, you know, we're literally wiping out generation upon generation upon generation on a yearly basis. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we see, you know, God talking about uh, the land spewing a people out of it because of the spilling, the shedding of innocent blood, the judgment of God. Look around us, what's going on in our culture. The judgment of God has been here, right? There, people are killing off their own children, their own legacy, their own uh, help within their household. The people, the the kids who will carry on their family name, who will help them when they're old, um, who will carry on in society and continue the legacy, they're killing that legacy off. Uh, it's not continuing. That's the judgment of God. We're, we're seeing um, people who've traded truth in for a lie, who are mutilating their bodies, who aren't reproducing, who are just 
destroying themselves uh, in the name of they're their own gods. And it's like, this isn't good for you. Like tearing off your male or female appendages, uh, calling yourself something else, that doesn't do good for your psyche. That doesn't do good for your physical being. It doesn't do good for your legacy going forward. Like <laughs> it, it, it's just, you know, uh, it is insanity. Like it is medically medical insanity. Like you talk, you talked about this, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you were standing in front of a psychiatrist or sitting there or a therapist. And they're like, maybe we should give you medication uh, but now it's like I we were talking with a with a woman at a, a political meeting. Re, uh, so I guess psychiatrists and therapists aren't even allowed to not affirm your gender changes that you your pronouns anymore. They're not allowed to. Right. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I have a a friend of mine, one of the guys at church that works. Um, with my wife and they, they work for a, a school that deals with autistic kids. Um, and one of the boys decided that he wants to be a girl. And my friend who works there, uh, Logan said, religiously, I cannot call him by these other pronouns and I will not. And so now he sits in a place where he's in danger of losing his job yeah. because he's not yeah. willing to affirm this young man, but he's like, I have a, from a religious standpoint, I can't lie to him. And, you know, and so again, and you've got all what you're talking about. Whereas years ago, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched the the TV show mash. Yeah. One of my dad's favorite shows, but corporal Klinger, he wanted to get out of the military. So what did he do? He dressed up like a woman to try to get a section (laughs) eight to convince them that he was crazy. Yeah. And now that would be, Oh, he's so brave. He's so brave. He's so brave. Yeah. And it's just like, again, just where that culture has gone to. And, and I think part of it is because rather than a lot of, and and we see it, we saw it in a lot of the mainstream churches. You know, I look at churches like Apologia and Christ church and refuge and mission and stuff. Those churches are on the outskirts. Those are people who are like, I mean, fundamentalist in there in a sense of we know that this is what god's word says but so much of that seeker sensitive church that happened throughout the 80s and the 90s you know when when i can't remember who it was i want to say bill hybels but i don't think that's the right name at uh oh what what willow creek yeah in chicago yeah started the seeker sensitive movement and they literally sent out a survey yeah. to the people in the community and said what do you want church to look like yeah why in the world would you send an unbeliever a survey to say what do you want church to look like and then pattern that after what they want and not what the word of god says but so much of that and then you Nick had the Warren. church trying to fight you had the church trying to fight the culture war instead of standing firm on the word of God. Yeah. And that's where, that's where some things just got twisted and messed up was the fact that, that we were, we were fighting on the wrong battlefront. Yeah. You know, we were over here trying to, you know, 
proclaim, oh, look, Justin Bieber's a believer. It's so cool. Isn't he cool? <laughs> he loves Jesus, and you love Justin Bieber, so maybe you'll love Jesus. Right, yeah. Instead of going, you know, Jesus said this, and the Word of God says this, and this is, you know, and so trying to fight that culture war just became a losing battle. <laughs> yeah, I'm even curious, you know, in going into doctor's offices now, how are they going to possibly treat people who have certain biologies who are claiming to be something that they're not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Are, are you going to pretend, uh, you just pretend that the, the guy sitting in front of you uh, naked is a woman and you're going to treat him as a woman just to not offend right. him? I mean, yeah, if you're a gynecologist, what do you do when... when uh, <laughs> Rhonda, who used to be Ron, shows up for his <laughs> yearly pap smear. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, again, the, the, it's so amazingly ridiculous. Well, there was a guy in Canada not too long ago that kept showing up in the news because he he's, he's a dude, but he feels pretty and kept going to these parlors to try to get like a Brazilian wax. Oh, yeah. And, and the ladies in these places are like, we're not waxing your junk, dude. And yeah. so he's like, well, I'm going to sue you. And, yeah. and, and it's so insane. It's yeah. just insane. I, I would have lost for words. Yeah. I mean, you're trading in definitions. Definitions no longer matter. You know, a baby's no longer a baby. Uh, a fetus no, is no longer a Latin word that means small child or baby. Um, We've just traded in all definitions for whatever we want to call this. Truth is now doesn't matter. Um, fascists are are labeled anti-fascists. Um, right. <laughs> women are labeled men. Uh, it, and it's exactly what God said, that you'll trade the truth of in for a lie and you'll become a fool. Um, right. and, a, and a fool knows the truth, but they don't do it. Uh, and it... They're, they're not, they know what's going on. They know the truth, but we're living in a culture that, you know, doesn't care about truth, doesn't care about children. And man, you know, I, I see going forward though, I see Christians reproducing and, and trusting God and having children. And I see Christians being made through the discipleship of their families. I see Christians adopting children um, just as we've been adopted into God's family. Um, and then I see, you know, the atheist or the secular humanist, and you can put all other religions in that same position. I see yeah. them killing themselves off. So I see the kingdom of God advancing and growing as the other side who's continually under the judgment of God, killing themselves off. Um, and Absolutely. I, and for me, it's, you know, the post-mill view continuing to advance. Um, so, I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, that's exactly it. And that's, I mean, to, to look at it, I mean, to be post-mill, you have to see it that way. Because again, I mean, if you, there are so many people that just are like, oh, I can't be post mill because look what's happening right now. Well, okay. I mean, if we're just looking at the here and now, I mean, it, there are things that look very much like the left behind books happening <laughs> and going on. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, but the rapture is not going to happen, but you're exactly right. It's, 
as you get these cultures that are going to go further and further and killing off their own children and not reproducing and not, you know, so they're killing themselves off. You're going to have, you know, the, the Islamic world that is, has been trying to kill itself off for 14 centuries and just continues to do so and do so. But like you said, it's going to be the Christians that stand on the word of God, that stand on that firm truth, that start making, you know, creating farms, leading their families. It's the Christians that are adopting, no matter what they tell you at the abortion clinic. Well, you're just pro-birth. Right. You don't care about them after they're born. Look at the statistics, people. Who are actually the ones on a, on, on waiting list for adoptions? It's Christians. Right. You don't see a whole lot of atheists or anything except for Pete Buttigieg and whatever his, <laughs> his, his man friends are that were in the news a couple of weeks ago that literally engaging in child abuse by adopting these two children. Oh, man. And, you know, but that it's not it's a very small amount of those people outside of the Christian world that are actually adopting children and raising big families. And so that's where we're going to see that post mill happen. The church is going to blow up as everything else blows itself up. Yeah. And Chris, maybe you can speak to that, you know, about the, uh, you only care about you're only pro birth. You know, you guys are, are helping families right now. There's what, three families, four families that have chosen life and you're taking care of their physical needs. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, currently, um, let's see, we, we have about three that are, are kind of new to it, but, but we're also helping the other ones along that chose still life. that chose life and had their kids and they're um, continuing on. It's not just... Uh, well, they had their kids and great and going on. We, we want to actually come along with them forever. So we're hoping to see um, these uh, families that were, were uh, teaching to, um, to, to get along in life. Um, yeah, learning and, and teaching learning their skills. skills yeah. yeah, but also being able to share the gospel with them um, and, and just fellowship with them. You're bringing them food, right? Food. We've given them... Um, uh, counsel on, uh, finances, um, even vehicles. in some cases, this is vehicles. That's right. Um, we've, we've been they able to rent, rent yeah. heat bills, um, whatever it is they need. Uh, we want to be able to give that to them. So, and like I said, it's not just giving it to them, but it's also teaching them what to do with it and how yeah. to not get into that position again. Um, which, you know, they, they'll go back and forth and some people might look from the outside and go, wow, they're, they're just uh, a wreck. There's no hope for there. Why would you do that? Well, because it's the same thing that, um, you know, all these, these people need, they've gotten into that by this way of thinking and they need to learn, uh, to do good. They need to learn to get out of it. Yeah. Our culture has taught them just to get into debt or to, um, to, to just live off the government's money um, and they don't need to work. And that's another thing working against them. What seems like a good thing in our culture is actually for supporting families is actually destroying families um, because you can get money from the government. If you're not, you know, if you're not having children or if you're not married, there's single moms, there's different ways that you can get money from the government um, and the government, what, you know, they're not helping people in society by giving them 
free handouts and showing them that they don't have to work, that they don't have to take care of their responsibilities. They're actually tearing the family down um, and they're becoming the God of the people um, or the, you know, little God uh, of the people and it's destroying them. It's destroying families. I think that's a, a good point too, is these arguments that, uh, or what the world is bringing these um, kids growing up and the destruction of the family, the, what they're showing in TV shows, what they're showing on commercials, what they're telling you is in arguments, that's kind of what everybody sees. But especially being out in front of the abortion clinics and being at this level, you see what absolute destruction it brings on that individual personal level yeah. with these families the world is is telling them it's they're going to be okay and they're going to do this this is better but when you actually see what it does it is absolute destruction nobody talks about that they just say keep going it's a yeah. doubling down and uh and that's that's something that we don't see yeah i mean if, apart from the judgment of God, which they're bringing upon themselves the curses of God, and they're going to have to, they're going to die one day and have to stand before him and give an account for what they've done. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, Proverbs 6 tells us, but there's also ramifications here and now for killing your children, for being someone who hates children, is, you know, the, the, inability to reproduce the mental anguish that it brings on a woman to kill her baby the physical uh things that it brings on that you can go and look up and there's actual statistical data backing it up um it brings uh physical destruction think about in a relationship we talked to a young man last week and we're he was saying that his fiance was in there and he had brought her there and i said how are you how is she going to look to you to lead the family to do the things that need to be done for this family when even before you're married, you're bringing her to an abortion clinic to kill your child? And, and they, he wanted to be, they wanted to be parents someday, but they just weren't ready then. It's like how your, your relationship's going to end. You're, you're not going to marry this woman. Your, your relationship is founded on the blood of your child and that it's, it's gonna, it's gonna wither away. Mm -hmm. It goes, it goes down to that. Uh, what you, what the world doesn't talk about what people actually don't see. And that is, um, the bottom line is it's the destruction of that family, even before it begins and down to that personal level, those statistics are there. You can see, um, you can look those up, but they're but you can actually see them. Yeah, yeah, you can see them in people's lives. Absolutely. Well, I think we've had a good discussion on the topic. Um, you know, I I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen in our culture to change things around, apart from Christians continuing to preach the gospel and the kingdom advancing and. Um, hopefully criminalizing abortion. Speaking of criminalizing abortion, I just want to um, put out some information about uh, the Americus brief and the court case, um, which is going on right now in the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. I think it's uh, happening 
after September 15th. So if you're listening to this, you may be hearing it after it's already begun. But if you want to, um, if you want to show your support in overturning Roe versus Wade, you can go to takeactionforlife.org and you can sign the petition uh, saying that you you are in support of this court case. You're in support of overturning Roe versus Wade. And they have a, it's, it's not technically a petition. It actually adds your name to the lawsuit that is going on. And it just shows another name in support of overturning the unjust and unconstitutional ruling of Roe v. Wade. And uh, Christians are behind this and they're working uh, to over, overturn Roe versus Wade, even though Roe versus Wade is not a law, it's a court ruling. But this would be um, a victory in when you're, when you're dealing with your state legislature, a lot of the times the argument you're, you're going to get with legislators is, well, we can't put in a bill of abolition because the Supreme Court would just shoot it down because of Roe versus Wade, that ruling. But the truth is states have sovereignty uh, and they can do what they want uh, in the state. But this would take away that excuse if we overturn Roe versus Wade. It would show like that. Let's take away this excuse that you're continually hiding behind um, and let's do something within our state. So I would um, ask everyone to go to takeactionforlife.org and sign on in support of this case. Uh, which what the name of the actual case is Dobbs versus Jackson. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Dobbs versus Jackson. Uh, it's, it's being, this case is going to be heard and uh, we need Christians to rise up, to stand up and uh, show their support. And one of the ways you can is to go and sign that petition. Um, but any you brothers have anything else to add before we get off here? Well, since I'm throwing out the stats, I just wanted to say that since we started this episode, 3,719 children have been aborted in the United States or worldwide, not in the U.S., worldwide. worldwide. Since we started this episode, that's the amount of abortion. That's how frequent and how just to give a little idea of what that's like, the lives that have been lost since we started this wow. uh, 3,700. Rise up, man. Children. Rise up, Time man. To stand up. In your neighborhoods, in your communities. This is going on in your state. What are you doing about it? Well, this has been our show. And uh, as we always say, uh, surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Thank you for listening in. and God bless. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm running with the fam. Yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above And they gon' know it's us by the way we love All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water